For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Southeastern 14. I'm Chris Lee, joined by Blake Lovell and Max Barr. We are going to discuss the outcomes of four SEC basketball games from Wednesday night, January the 24th. Before we do that, a reminder, this episode presented by BetOnline, it is playoff time. The road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. You get all that at Bet Online. Head to Bet Online today. Stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. All right. We always go in order of tip-off as we recap these games. So, for that reason, and boy, there were a couple of good games last night, and one of them was the one in Athens where Georgia held off LSU. Georgia had it nearly sewn up, guys, and LSU, I think, had three straight, I don't know if it's three straight, but three key three-point possessions down the stretch. Some of those were three-point plays. At least one of those was a three-pointer. I get the order that mixed up a little bit. But nonetheless, LSU made a late comeback. And then Max Barr, Russell Chewa took over at the end. Or actually, it was, yeah, it was him that had to put back, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that atmosphere was wild. Wild. I mean, some of the some of the crowd reactions from this game were just phenomenal. Um, first off, though, where was my guy Tyrell Ward? I've been singing his praises lately off the bench, and he gets a he, he. I don't know if he was a healthy scratch or if he he didn't play. I don't know why there was no injury report. Also, Carlos Stewart was out, so LSU was a little bit shorthanded in the backcourt. Um, I thought that the Georgia the will to find a way to win when Abdur Rahim is not making threes was mm-hmm. was impressive. I feel like in years past, this is not a game that Georgia would have won. Um, Silas Demery continues to be the best guard on this team. Six of six from the free throw line, just ultra aggressive. I've been calling him a middle linebacker out there. I I love his physicality. Um, I mean, but this one, this one was what? It was a nine point game with five minutes left. And then LSU comes all the way back and actually takes the takes the lead with with 15 seconds left. So phenomenal fight from LSU. Mike White actually said that this is one of the best defenses that his team has played all year. So I don't think we've been given the LSU defense enough credit because they have really been stout. Um, but, hey, great win for Mike White. This is a, a, a win the program needed in front of a great crowd. Um, credit to both teams here for a really competitive game. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're LSU, you feel okay. You obviously love yeah. to win, but without Ward, you know, Stewart hasn't played what the past five or six games. Um, 
So I, yeah, I still think LSU is in a good spot, but I think what stands out is they just don't have a lot of room for error when it comes mm. to mm. being beyond Jalen Cook and Jordan Wright. And, you know, again, that's where not having a ward or someone like that, like that just, that's that little extra something that maybe helps you win. And they shot the ball really well. As you said, I mean, you know, to make 10 threes on the road in the SEC is not an easy thing to do and shoot 44%. You know, both teams turned it over quite a bit here. Um, you know, didn't shoot it as well. Rarity uh, didn't shoot it anywhere near as well inside the arc as they did outside. Um, but yeah, I went 12 or 34 from two. But for Georgia, I mean, this is a team that I'm just going to keep saying it like it is Mike White has figured out a way to take a team that had no idea how to win a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a program that just had no idea how to get there. Even last year, you know, you go back, they won some close games last year start to build a little bit of momentum. Um, so at least there's some guys on the roster that figured out how they needed to win games. And I think we've just seen that pay off this year, even though there are new pieces in place, but there are some guys who are back and just figuring out how to win games is, can be a hard thing to do uh, when you've been beaten as much as this program has been beaten over the past, you know, several years or whatever, and I kind of have the season that they had. And so to win as many close games now as they have this year, they beat Wake Forest by three. Um, they beat Florida State by two. That was the furious comeback. Yep. You know, they win that road game at South Carolina. Now they find a way to hold on to win a home game against LSU. And I just think that shows you. Yeah, the Tennessee game didn't work out, but they had their chances. And you're not going to win every single one of them. But I just think that's where there's a lot more trust, a lot more confidence in what this Georgia team can do now. They are all confident in that when they find themselves in these situations, they can find ways to win. And we saw it again, whether it's uh, she was stepping up and making the play he made or other guys doing this or that. Like they just, they're confident now. And here they are at four and two in the league. Huge road game on Saturday against Florida, which we'll preview. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I still think Jordan Wright's shot at the end should count for fantasy purposes. But, um, <laughs> Boy, it's, it's a shame that one didn't go down. It is, it's a real shame, in my opinion, that it didn't go down because um, I could have used that. But as we'll see, it would not have mattered one bit based on the current standings, but good win for Georgia. Yeah. My, my thoughts on that. I have thought for a while that Georgia is an NIT level team. And I still think that I I think I look at this roster certainly does not compare to the top three or four teams in the league, but what Mike white has done is put together a pretty fair nine man rotation. She would made the play last night. Um, Max, one of one of your guys, Demary, is really, really playing well. Really playing well. Athletic um, gave him fifteen last night, as you pointed out. Sometimes it's an R.J. Melendez or a Blue Cane or somebody that steps up. I say this is an NIT team, but net rankings this morning: Georgia at seventy-eight. That that doesn't get you in the tournament if it's selected today. But what it does is it gets you in range and in games coming up. At Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, the latter two are at home. At Mississippi State, you get a couple of those. You're you're right there. You may be knocking on the door, uh, maybe may on the bubble, maybe on the wrong side of the bubble, but you're getting close with plenty of games to play. I think that's a great spot for Georgia to be in. I think Mike White has done a terrific job. All right. Now on to the main event. Whew. My goodness, if you were not watching Alabama and Auburn, I feel like a lot of times we hype up games, we say, I can't wait to watch this one, and then just something happens. 
one team runs away from it. The game is unexpectedly not what we thought. Now, the, the only thing I would have thought about this game is that especially as fast as it was played at, at times, that, that this one might be in the 80s and the 90s. The score is a little lower than I thought. But my goodness, guys, this game was so much fun to watch. Janai Broom had what would have been probably gone down in Auburn history as a performance for the ages had Auburn won at the end. But he, he was fantastic last night. Um. Alabama was called out by its coach, Nate Oates, uh, earlier in the week. I can't remember the exact comments, but basically it was like, are we are we ready to win one of these type of games? I don't know. Alabama held on at the last. Grant Nelson, I thought, was terrific in that one. Mark Sears seems to be pretty well recovered from that angle injury last week based on the way he moved and based on his output, 22 points. And what was it, eight assists? All right, I mean Blake, we got we got to give our man props. He was the one of the three of us that picked against Auburn, went for Alabama. He wound up being right. But look, all of us that watched this game just were were loving what we saw. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, someone would say that if they got the pick wrong because they need something to lean on. Um, look again, I picked Alabama because. Otherwise, you know, Auburn fans would have knew it was completely done for then because if we had all picked Auburn, Auburn would have had zero chance of winning this game. They still had a chance with me picking Alabama. So that was the whole point here. Uh, but was I surprised Alabama won? No, because guess who called it? Who called it, Chris? <laughs> I think you just told everyone who called it. Wasn't wasn't me. Who else called it? The cult of computers. They oh, that's thing. right. That's right. They said Alabama is going to win. The, look, the cult of computers, Max is snoozing. Because he they're, ne- they're never wrong. They're never wrong. Nope. And so the computers called this thing. And so they were, you know, hitting all the mechanical buttons. They were watching this game with a stern eye. And they knew what was coming in this one. Uh, but in all seriousness, I am excited to see the overreaction to Auburn in this game um, and how bad they are now because they lost the game on the road by four against Alabama because we all know it's coming. Uh, I did not change my tune on either of these teams after these game, this game. I think both of them are sweet 16 beyond good. Um, I thought these were two really good teams playing a good game of basketball, and it just so happened that Alabama was the team that made more plays and it wasn't just, you know, one guy. And I think that's the key for Alabama now moving forward. How many big plays did Grant Nelson make towards the end of that game? How many big plays did Ryland Griffin make A throughout bunch. the course of that game? How many big shots did Latrell Wrightsell make in that game? How many big plays did Mark Sears make in that game? Not just scoring, but finding the right guy at the right time at eight assists. That's my point with Alabama. It can't just be one guy. It can't just be a couple guys. And all year long, we've seen that they have different guys that can step up at various points. When you Even when you have a game where Aaron Estrada does not score, you still find a way to beat an elite Auburn team without him scoring. And it's just because of all the different guys that step up and make plays. And we saw that here. And I think that just, to me, speaks to what Alabama can be when they defend when they're able to find good shots, when they're able to get some second chance opportunities, 16 offensive rebounds in this game, 
Um, and I just thought that was it here is just seeing the different contributions for anybody that had any questions about Alabama. The fact is they had key contributions from multiple guys and that's why they're good. They're not just good because they have Mark Sears. They're good because they have so many other guys that can step up even when a guy is not having his best game. And we saw that in this, this situation here and on the Auburn front, I told you guys my hesitation with Auburn in a game like this was that they would go on the road and not shoot it well. And they went on the road and didn't shoot it well. They went 5 of 25 from 3. Do I think Auburn's a bad shooting team? No. They just played on the road and went 5 of 25 from 3. Guess who else went 5 of 25 from 3 against Alabama on the road? South Carolina. They did the same thing, the exact same number, 5 of 25. And so you look at it from that standpoint, I still look at Auburn and see them as a team that can – win a lot of games it's just it's a rivalry game that atmosphere was ridiculous and these are two high quality high caliber basketball teams coming out and played a really good game here my apologies auburn fans auburn well, nation yeah let's call it you, you're yep. the one who did this really if you think about it brutality um it was that was chris and i's doing uh yes. we, we, we we apologize um but on a serious note what a game. This was one of those games where it finishes and I felt like I played in it. I think I had a headache last night because of how close I kept getting to my TV screen. <laughs> it was, it's just, I was so into this game. I'd been waiting for this thing for weeks and it, it lived up to it. Um, I thought that um, down the stretch, Trey Donaldson had to be in the game more. Uh, that was one of my biggest takeaways coming from an, an Auburn's perspective. Aiden Holloway wasn't having his best game. And Trey Donaldson, he's got to play more than 18 minutes. He's he's just gotta. I I and I think Bruce Pearl said that actually in his in his post game said he he should have probably played Trey Donaldson a little bit more. Um, great effort on the glass from Alabama. Great effort. I mean that shows how 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 hard they fought in this game. The energy that they played with. Latrell Wrightsell, give him the MVP. Give him the game ball. Give him everything he needs because what a game. Nine rebounds, four offensive rebounds for the 6-3 guard. Are you kidding me? What an effort. Um, anytime that you get nine threes out of right cell and Griffin, uh, Alabama's not losing many of those games. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, I thought it was a great effort by Auburn to come back after being in such a hole. Um, it wasn't Jalen Williams' best game. It wasn't Holloway's best game. It wasn't Katie's Johnson, Katie Johnson's best game. But – you saw that they have a lot of depth. Uh, I think you got to give credit to both teams. Alabama shot the lights out. They're going to be able to shoot the lights out in pretty much most of their games. You're going to have to win on the glass and close out to shooters a little bit better. Um, I just – I can't believe what I what I saw in that second half, just how entertaining the game, the, the intensity of it. We had technicals, throwing basketballs at the opponent. Get, I love all that stuff. I love it. Give me all the intensity. It felt like a boxing match out there. I love it. What a game. What a game. Sorry, Auburn fans. Probably mush you, but what a game. We got to get Max a cold rag or something, man. We got to cool him off a little bit over there. I'm fired up. Play, play of the night. Did you see that time where Grant Nelson went left baseline and went up to dunk and, and kind of turned around and reversed it and got fouled and, and the crowd just lost it? I oh, do I? That, that, that was yeah, one of those nightmares about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there were there were several, and then I think the other thing, Rylan Griffin, 
has sort of been the X factor for them lately. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm not going to say – look, they were going to get steamrolled in Knoxville, but he, he didn't have his normal game. But it seems like, if I recall correctly, the Missouri game last week, that was kind of close, and he started splashing a bunch of threes, and they pulled away at the end. Uh, the Mississippi State game, the game before that where Alabama won on the road, he gave them 17. Three-point shooting was off that night, but – He's he's been a kid lately that really has stepped up, and, and they've got a bunch of guys, and that's what makes him so tough to guard. The scoring can come from a bunch of places. I cannot wait for the rematch of this in Auburn, guys. We gotta we gotta at some point. This needs to be on the bucket list for our channel. We need to attend an Iron Bowl of basketball in person because I've never done that. In fact, I haven't for football either. I think I would I feel like we, we need a sponsor time. or somebody out there to help make this happen. I, I was like, man, how cool would it have been to be in that building last night? And the return trip to Neville, you, you can bet they'll bring it too. Well, you guys can go. Just don't let you pick games because, my goodness, you're going <laughs> to set off the opposing fan base there when you pick their team. Um, yikes. Uh, anyways, yeah, um, it, it's something nowadays. And, again, credit to Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl because they have, they have made this what it is. Um, you know, just a must-see game every time these two teams play just because of how successful the programs have been and how far both of them have come in such a, you know, really short amount of time when you think about it. Um, so, yeah, re remarkable stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think both teams are really good. I would not be overreacting if I'm Auburn. Alabama, um, defensive efficiency numbers have gone up, thank goodness, because, man, I'd hate for them to be sitting here at 90 in defensive efficiency uh, because, boy, that would lead to a conversation. But it's gone up to 56 now. So you think about the jump they've made over the past several weeks. Uh, they were way down there. But, um, yeah, so playing better defense, scoring the ball as well as they are. Uh, Alabama is legit. Auburn is legit. Just real Blake, quick before we move go, on. Go ahead, Max. Yeah. I just want to – just take a little moment of appreciation for this game and to remember that in July and August, when the only sport on the television is the regional scene of the Little League World Series and the opening rounds of the TBT basketball tournament, mm. I'm just so grateful that we are in this is see this right now. We are in the heart. It's not quite yet February where we're like, oh, it can be March in a few weeks. But it's also not quite like, oh, well, we just started conference play. No, this is where everyone starts to get a little fatigued, starts to get tough. Not here at Southeastern 14. I've, I've been I've been waiting for this time for months, and we're here now. I'm just – I'm fired up. I could run through what, a brick wall right now. What are you going to do with yourself until these two teams play again on February the 7th? My goodness, we're going to have to – I don't know what we're going to do with you. Um, well, we got a whole bunch of games on Saturday, so I just don't know what I'm doing with myself for two days, and then I'm good on Saturday. We've established I can't wait to Alabama, Kentucky. So it's just we're just passing. Oh, time we get to that. Don't even get me yeah. started. And also, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. This is like Blake, you and I were watching SEC basketball before our man Max here was born. Could, could you ever have imagined at Alabama as it existed? Alabama's always been a very historically underrated program. It just gets overshadowed by football. And this is where I think the SEC network and it being around over a decade now has, has gotten people. And it's doing the same thing for baseball. It used to be you, you couldn't watch all these games. But now I think that has helped. But the engagement, that, that arena last night, again, I just I wanted to be in it, to, to be there and see it. Blake, could you have ever imagined? Again, Alabama's brought the juice at times. Has had great teams. Auburn, it's been really spotty until Bruce Pearl got there. But could you have ever conceived of a basketball atmosphere between Alabama and Auburn like we saw last night? Um, I mean, I know what you're asking. I I would say yes, though, just because I think all it takes is a great coach, and. I would have thought it was much tougher to ever get there for Auburn than it would have been for Alabama, like you said. And I think that's where Alabama's had their – they've been there, right? But then to Auburn to actually get to a Final Four, that changes everything. And to see what Bruce Pearl's done since he took over there, yeah, I mean, it's – like I said earlier, I, I think it's it's what's been built by Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates that has led to these games, every single game they play, being must-see. And – yeah, I mean, you talk football. And I, I said years ago, and people who have watched my stuff before I started doing the stuff we do at Southeastern 14 will tell you. I said, there are not more two more underrated basketball fan bases than Alabama and Auburn. And it's it's proven itself true, I think. You know, and people laugh at that and say, well, obviously football, so number one, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with the the, the, the statement. I still think they're two of the most underrated basketball fan bases out there because they care about their basketball. And it's easier to care when you're winning and not just getting drubbed the way that, you know, Auburn's getting drubbed for years there. Just bottom of the SEC, bottom of the SEC. Alabama always felt like they're just waiting to get to that upper tier, just kind of sitting in the middle there. Couldn't ever really quite, you know, get to that top point. Well, now they've won multiple SEC championships the past couple of years. They're the number one seed in the tournament last year, all those things. So it all builds, but easy to do that when you just can get a great coach in there you find a way to get a great coach you get great players and it all kind of takes off from there so yeah both these programs sitting in a great spot right now all right let's move on to the next one our man blake talks about the cult of computers and boy if there's a guy that knows cult when he watches one it's blake and i'm the resident computer guy who'd you who'd you pick in this game well that's what i'm getting to yeah, I just want to make sure. I love my computers, but to a point. <laughs> I was not on the Florida prediction video, but I told you my pick and I told you why. I said, I know what the computers have said about Florida. They said them last year. I think this team is better than last year's team, but I need a prove it moment. Auburn, or excuse me, Florida, I think got its last night. That, that team was really good. It controlled that game against Mississippi State. I don't know about from start to finish, but but certainly I don't think there was ever a time in the second half where well, I, I guess it got close late, but it felt like too little too late. Max, I, I think Florida was so balanced last night, and, and maybe this is the game that could kind of jumpstart Florida and convince us it's the kind of team the computers have been telling us that it is. 
Yeah, if you're looking for overreactions, you're gonna find one right here, right now. Oh boy, I knew, I knew you guys are gonna overreact to this. So I'm gonna try to get you back to the middle in a minute. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I, I just I like the result here with Florida. Um, I'm gonna keep every time he performs well. I'm gonna call him out. My Mister Cool, Calm, and Collected, Zion Pullen. He only has one turnover in his last 105 minutes of basketball. That's unbelievable for he's playing 35 minutes every game. The guy does not turn the ball over and he has he brings the ball up like every possession. Um, I thought that this was where Mississippi State really could have used Kashawn Murphy, really could have used an extra body down that down low. Uh Florida just we know how the how good of a rebounding team they are and how they have that nice rotation of big men with Condon really playing well as a freshman, kind of wore down Mississippi State. Um over the course of the game, we actually saw Chris Jans go to a, a Jimmy Bell and Tolu Smith lineup for the first time all season. So, that, you know, that goes to show, uh, you know, just the impact that the, the Florida big men were having on this game. Um, another one of these instances where we get an injury kind of report after the game that we had no clue going into it. Um, Mississippi State guard Shaq Moore had the flu this week, didn't practice at all. Uh, Jans was quoted saying he was running on fumes. Um, in this game. And that's, I mean, on the road for one of your primary ball handlers to have the flu and not be practicing all week, that has a major impact on the outcome of this game, especially being on the road. Uh, Josh Hubbard needs some help. Five of 17 from three. He was just kind of forcing it, trying to get back in the game. You know, they they didn't have many options to go to for scoring. Um, good result for Florida, though. Blake, we were like, we said in that preview, we were like, I want to be on the good side of when Golden finally gets that top 50 win. I'm happy I picked the right one here. Haven't picked anything right in what feels like years. So, <laughs> yeah, good result for Florida. Mississippi State's going to be tough to win on the road with uh, the lack of guard scoring. What do you see, Blake? Well, it's top 50 for now. Um, that's where I would true. just, true. you know, Mississippi State's <laughs> got a brutal upcoming schedule. And that's where, like, Florida, you need to be rooting for Mississippi State at this point because they got Auburn at home, at Ole Miss, at Alabama the next three games. So, mm. you need to hope that there's not a – a four game slide here for Mississippi state. Cause then of course that win doesn't look as good. And as we said, Florida is a team that needs good wins. And so, um, yes, this was a step in the right direction to prove you can actually pull away, win a game like this. They had their chance against Kentucky. We talked about that. Couldn't quite pull it out, but to get this one was nice. Even though Mississippi state is two and four in the sec, they're better than the record indicates. But like we said, they got a big stretch coming up here and, where Chris went wrong was picking Mississippi State on the road because that's what the basis of what Max and I talked about was in the preview. They have just not played well on the road. They still haven't won. Like, that's all there is. And it's not even just winning. They just haven't played well. And I think when you look at it that way, they only scored 59 points at Georgia Tech. Um, you know, they had 62 points at South Carolina. Give South Carolina credit for winning that one. Um, you know, and again, Mississippi State just didn't play well enough to win. Didn't play well at Kentucky. Um didn't play well here on the road against Florida. So I just think it's they they're gonna maybe be one of those teams where they just don't play well on the road. And we'll see if that's enough to get them to the tournament. We had that discussion in the mailbag last week and all that. So um yeah, I mean, this was again, it's a significant win for Florida just based on the fact they needed a good win. They got it, the talent's there. We've talked about it all season long. Uh, and yeah, it's nice to see them actually making that push. And I think the thing that continues to stand out with Florida is hey, we probably would not expect Florida to win games like this with Riley Kugel scoring four points. But, I mean, that's kind of been the name of the game this season is that it's been about other guys. And 
Um, yeah, they just need to keep – they can be so good offensively, and I think that's just what always stands out with them. Um, it's just, you know, like other teams, though, just keep finding ways to improve defensively, game after game after game. Um, and I know Mississippi State, you know, grabbed a lot of rebounds here, but it's Mississippi State. That's kind of what you expect uh, with them. But, yeah, this was a nice win for Florida. We've liked the roster all season. We just wanted to see them win games like this and maybe do it in a fashion that they did it in. That was also, I think, a, a bonus. And so, yeah, the Gators sitting in a good spot ahead of what has somehow become one of the bigger games of the weekend uh, when they host George on Saturday. Blake's favorite thing in the world, the net, has Mississippi State 42 and Florida 43 as of this morning. So both teams still by the computers in the mix to, to get there. I think both teams are good enough to get there, there being the tournament. So where'd you get those net rankings from Chris? Did you get um, it from the official NCAA website? I did. There's, there's a site it's called NCA.com slash rankings slash basketball slash. I won't give you the rest in the interest of time, but uh, those, those things can be found on the internet, Blake. Well, my point is, I know you're anti-technology you and all, but, but, but it's out there. You went wrong, Chris, because you went to the NCAA's website to find the net rankings when what you could have easily done is gone to at 14 Southeastern on Twitter to find the net rankings because we post them after every set of games. Why are you going to support the NCAA when you can go support Southeastern 14 on Twitter at 14 Southeastern? Come on, Chris. Get Come on, on board. I will repent. Oh, that was good, Blake. That got of me the error of my ways. That, that's like the there's a little reverend in in there, the Reverend Blake level. Well, preaching it. There you have it. So, <laughs> on to All the right. next one. Talk about running on fumes. Well, there's there's no salvation for Arkansas basketball. It would appear, um, in what I thought was the most predictable game of the night. Arkansas got obliterated at Ole Miss. Felt like a get-right game for Ole Miss. I I just don't trust Arkansas. Well, let's be much. Fair, well, let's, let's be fair. Tremont Mark was out with migraines. We didn't know that was coming. They still got beat by twenty-six. Brazil played a half. Uh, I mean, that, I, that's true. I get it. Yeah. I'm just I'm making sure we add the context because we know if we don't, we will hear about it. So. Just adding the context that Mark did not play, and when you take Jermon Mark off this team, good luck trying to figure out what you're getting. Um, and, and it's just the truth. Like we're not, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just Muss himself. I mean, how many guys are they playing at this point? They're playing everybody plus, you know, I, I don't know who. Like they are playing everybody they can to try to figure this out, and it's just not working. And when you take away Jermon Mark, I know Brazil's not had the best um, stretch of games, but you take these guys out of the mix. It's just your problem that was already at a 10. It's at a 12. Like there's, what do you do at that point? Um, because you just don't have the consistency anywhere right now uh, elsewhere. And so, yeah, I don't, I hate, I hate to turn it to Arkansas, but let's just, let's call it what it is. Like this is, this continues just to be the most, you can't look away, right? Like, it's just one of those things where you just cannot look away whatever's going on with this Arkansas team. But for Ole Miss, I mean, you know, we talk about guys stepping up. I mean, it's just, I think, look, Ole Miss, to me, 
Ole Miss and Mississippi State could be very similar this season in that these are two teams that, boy, they are going to feast on their home games. But when they go on the road, all bets are off. Um, I know Alabama beat Mississippi State at home, but this was Ole Miss doing what they should have done to Arkansas, all things considered, given the scenario. And I think that is something you can take away for Ole Miss is that they didn't come just let Arkansas hang around here. They they put the foot down and said, all right, it, it's time. Like, it's time for us to go out and just dominate this team. And that's what they did. And so credit to all those older guys. That's what continues to stand out to me about this Ole Miss team. We talk about South Carolina being older. Ole Miss is older. Um, that's been one of the reasons why these teams have made their jump. But we'll see if that continues. But I don't have a lot to add from an X's and O's standpoint here. This was just one team just completely taking it to the other. Yeah, I, I think that's the right way to go about it, too. I don't think this is a game you got you should break down from a statistical, X, you know, whatever you want to call it, type of standpoint. This was probably the the team in Arkansas that has the least amount of identity now losing the only bit of identity they had with Tremont Mark going on the road against a team that hasn't lost at home. Perfect storm. Um, like Ole Miss has had in the past few weeks, they shoot way better at home than they do on the road. Shoot 37% from three, only makes seven, but didn't, didn't take a lot. Um, the, you know, one storyline here for Ole Miss is, is, Bench support guard TJ Caldwell went down with it with a hard fall. And, and Chris Beard said that uh, despite Caldwell not really playing much lately, he he's really started to come on and, and practice and find his confidence and thought that he was going to take a leap here pretty soon. And so for an already thin Mississippi team that only gets, geez, I don't even know how much scoring they get outside of that top four they have. This just kind of makes the margin of error a little bit slimmer for Ole Miss. Um, but I mean, yeah, Blake, you pretty much nailed it with, you know, with your Arkansas analysis. I don't have much to add. They were missing their best player, and on the road, it was a perfect storm for, like you said, Chris, an Ole Miss get-right spot. So, yeah. Well, Ole Miss's guards were terrific last night. Morrell and Murray were really good. Flanagan had a kind of an all-around bounce-back game after he just wasn't double double at Auburn. Yeah, in, in, a, in a spot where – to, to be fair for Talon Flanning, and that was always going to be a tough spot coming back to Auburn for a big game. But Brazil, that that injury happened. I think it was a knee, correct, Max? His knee soreness is how it was. Okay, said. was that the play when he halfway turned a cartwheel after getting undercut? You remember the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was a specific play or if it was. It was rather like an inflammation, soreness yeah. type of thing, rather than just like a one incident. I'm not. I'm not sure. There wasn't much clarity on it post game. Yeah. What What a weird year. I mean, that happens. Yeah. You have. I mean, how many times have we had a guy ruled out with migraines? Uh, that might be a first in the history of our channel. I want to ask you guys something. I'll start with Blake. I think it was Jimmy Dykes calling the game last night. He felt like it's not a lack of effort. I don't I don't know about that. I watched a team like Houston that just has dogs and gets after it. And I don't see that out of Arkansas on the defensive end. But the shooting was a thing brought up before the season. Again, I buy I, I'm not really buying it, but is there something there? Um I mean, there's something somewhere. Uh, that's the best answer I got for you. Like, I don't, if I knew the answer, then Musk would be hiring me as a consultant because they don't have the answers either. 
So I think we could pick apart so many different things with this team and try to figure out if it's this or that. Yeah. But I think sometimes it just comes down to it, the, the pieces aren't clicking together for various reasons. And this is what you get when that happens. Um, because otherwise, like I said, must would not be playing guys. The, the minutes distribution would not be what they are because clearly they just, they're trying everything they can, but they're just not getting it from this team right now. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have much to add. Um, I, I agree with Blake. I don't, I don't think there's much smart, extra to add. Smart man. Yeah. Should have done right. that on the Alabama Auburn pick. Should have. All right. Quick fantasy update. Then we're, we got to get out of here. Um, Max, I look, I'm going to pull this up for you guys, but let's just call it what it is. Okay. Chris complained all last week about not getting the first pick. And so he gets the first pick this time. Janai Broom comes through with a huge game. I'll take the banner off here so you can see the, the actual names here. Um, Again, this is just want to let it. This is what complaining gets you in the world. Okay, sometimes you just complain until you get your way, and that's what Chris has done. He complained until he got his way with the first pick, and now here he sits. The Kentucky Monstars are coming back with a vengeance. I'm just going to let you know, they will be back. All I have to say is, I believe if we're going by trends, Chris is 0 and 1 when leading after the Wednesday games. That's all I want to say. That's a good point too. That's a great point. Chris, you're 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 muted. Good, which keep is him muted. The, the same thing that your team is going to do on Saturday. Keep him <laughs> muted. The scoreboard talks and losers walk. Did I complain about you draft said order? that last yeah. week? And then who and wound up being the true loser? as it was? So it was true for a minute last week. Yeah. I'm rooting for Max at this point because I don't. Let's have go. Well, Let me tell you. I'm something. all in on Max Barr's team. Our man, the Reverend Blake Lovell, claims moral high ground. Ladies and gentlemen, I did nothing that either of these two would not have done to get a competitive advantage. Did I complain about the draft order, which clearly was rigged last week in the favor of one Blake Lovell? Yes, I did. Did the universe find a moral order that was more right this week? Yes, it did. As you can see by the scoreboard. There's strategy in this, guys. Reed Shepard had a five-point game. That's all I had going into last night. Did you ever ever watch White Men Can't Jump? Look in my eyes. What do you see? <laughs> Chris's cult of computers. Woody Harrelson sandbagged everybody. Oh, and then what did he do? He cleaned up. Reed Shepard sandbagged everybody on Tuesday night. He set you right. up. He even had, he hadn't even had me believe in it. And then here we are. All right, we're done here. Follow our Twitter for fantasy updates weekly at 14 Southeastern. All right. Thank you for watching. Hit the subscribe button if you don't mind. That's it's free. Helps us out. Hit the like button, tell a friend, and we will be here to preview the games for the weekend. Wrap those up. I hope you had fun watching. We sure had fun doing it. For Blake Lovell and Max Barr, I'm Chris Lee. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Ben Online. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.